Let's open our Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. We're looking at chapter 6 uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. We looked at the last two Sundays at the Lord's Prayer, also known as our prayer, really, the disciples' prayer, this kind of this model, this guide, really, that we can go through thoughtfully. Uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver, deliver us from the evil one. First God and then our needs second. And we saw how God you know, answers our needs last week as we depend on him daily. We need him to provide. We need him to give us forgiveness and as we forgive others. We need him to guide us out of temptation and deliver us from all the evil and the evil one of this world. The next section we're going to look at, verses 19 through 24, really is, is talking about treasure. Treasure, and, and uh, we don't use that word necessarily a whole lot, but uh, for us it's things, possessions, material possessions, things, money, the goods of this world that, that you and I deal with on a daily basis, things that we need to deal with, we have to deal with. But Jesus, again, he, he points to our hearts as he's been doing throughout in this Sermon on the Mount. And, you know, the idea is this, is where is our focus? Is it on the material things or is it on eternal things? Where is our focus, the focus of our hearts? What or who do we serve? Because what he says here in this passage is that, that if we put all of our focus on a certain thing or on certain things, that in the end is who we serve. Where we put all of our focus and attention, that is who we serve. That is who we, in effect, worship. Look at verse 19. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus points to things that will last. You know, in our, in our, in our society, very materialistic society, and, and, and we've been kind of led down this path that material things are really the most important things. But at the same time, uh, you know, they design products to break down, right? They design them to not last. And what do we call that? What's the term for that? Anybody know? Where I'm... Planned obsolescence. Very good. Extra um, cold water. Planned obsolescence. So we plan for these things to break down. We know that they're going to. Instead of planning for something to last a long, long, long time, and you can really depend on it, we plan for them to break down so business can continue, so somebody can make some more money, and their treasure chest gets a little bit fuller. There is no security in material things. And I think this is what Jesus is saying to us here. This idea of, of, of storing up for ourselves treasures here on earth. Get as much as we can, work harder and try to, 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 to get our accounts bigger, to try to you know, have our, 
our uh, retirement package as large as we can. And, and I was talking to a friend in, in California when I was there, and he said, yeah, I I've only got X number of dollars in, in, in my retirement. And I'm going like, what? Like, that's crazy. If I had one-tenth of that amount. <laughs> Jesus said this, though. He, said, he told this parable about a certain rich man. He said, the rich man's ground produced a good crop. And so he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I'll store all my grain and my goods there. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. Again, it's not wrong to have these things in our life, and God has blessed our country materially. I believe God has blessed our country materially. But what has it done to us as a people? What has it done to us as individuals? And how does it, how does it fit into who I am as a Christian, as a believer? Does it have me or do I have it? That's the bottom line about stuff, about things, about money, about possessions, cars, houses, boats, jet skis, water sports, I'm thinking. I'm thinking water sports here. There's a preacher, uh, teacher up in, in uh, Massachusetts. His name is Haddon Robinson. He's on the radio in WRV. He says this, If there's one message that comes to us in 10,000 seductive voices, it's the message of our country and our century that life does consist of things. This is what life is all about. It's things. How many things? The, the, he who has the most toys, what? Wins. You all know it says you can see it on 100 billboards as you drive down the highway. It's the message from the sponsor on television, on radio, newspaper. He says, we're like the donkey that has the carrot extended before it on a stick. The donkey sees the carrot, wants it, so the donkey moves toward it, but the carrot moves too. The carrot is always there promising to fill the appetite, but what it promises, it does not deliver. This stuff, this stuff... You know, uh, they've done surveys with, with people, millionaires, and they said, you know, do you have enough? How much, do you, you know, how much more do you need before you can be really fulfilled and safe and secure? Well, just a little bit more. You might, you know, have, you know, millions and millions of dollars, but I just need a little bit more. Why? Because it doesn't necessarily do it for us, does it? Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus said these words. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Our life isn't there. Now again, it's not wrong to have stuff. We got to have stuff in this in our country. There are some countries in India where, you know, I've been to India and 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 and, and most of the people have very very little. It's you know, it, it depends on where you are and the and the, the society that you live in. And what's going on or what's not going on. But, but it doesn't matter whether you have just a little or, or you have a, a whole lot. It doesn't matter. Our lives are not found in that stuff. That's what Jesus is talking about here. The Proverbs writer said, and 
He says, don't wear yourself out to get rich, to have the wisdom to show restraint. He says, cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. I understand what that means. You get, you know, you got a little bit and then all of a sudden it's gone. What happened to it? Where did it go? I don't know. We had to buy food. We had to buy gas. We had to buy oil. We had to buy, you know, all the different things that we need. And then it's gone. But I was trusting in that. I had that, you know, I had that little pile. I had that little pile. I remember, you know, talking to somebody years ago. You know, they had these piles in their mind. They had these piles, and they were like money or whatever they were. I never saw the piles. But in their mind, they had these piles that they were trusting in. And you know what? God came along later and, and, and took all those piles away. And now what do you trust in? Well, when you trust in piles, yikes. It says here, moth and rust destroy. Thieves break in and steal. Things, they break down, they wear out. They rust, they decay, they don't last. Stuff can get stolen. Do you ever get moths in your closet? Anybody ever had moths in your closet? Bats in the belfry? Just kidding. Things. Stolen, taken by somebody else. It says they would dig through, dig through the walls. The, the walls were just baked clay. They weren't all that secure. Because things are not secure is what Jesus said. So why do we trust in things? You know, we are in a situation now where we need to be asking ourselves, and we are asking ourselves, like, what's going on in the world? You know, the economy is messed up. It's broken. People have taken huge hits in their retirements and stocks and all the rest of it. And what they thought they had is all of a sudden gone. And then you got guys like Bernie Madoff who come and, and rip people off, take, take things that don't belong to them and, and, and people's, uh, you know, futures and, and even institutions and, and charities. Their funds are just destroyed because somebody had no moral to say this is wrong the world is like that the banks are failing we get older and illness comes and and we're not able to enjoy things as much as we used to if we build our happiness on things we need to watch out beware we find our hope and our joy and our happiness in these things that wear out that don't last that lose the luster, we gotta, we got to watch out. Somebody said this, that anyone whose happiness depends on things is doomed to disappointment. Anyone whose treasure is in things is bound to lose his treasure, for in things there is no permanence. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you have a car, does it break down? Does it rust? You got to get another one because I, I, I bought this car and I plan on it lasting forever and ever. And, and then, you know what? It broke down. I got to get a new one. There's always something that's got to be fixed. James, the half brother of Jesus, said this. Listen, he said, You rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that's coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. He, he's kind of radical, this guy, James. 
But he says, he, basically he's saying, watch out, what, watch out what you trust in. Watch out what you hold on to. Jesus said here in verse 20, he says, But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and thieves can't break in and steal. Eternal things. Have an eye on the eternal things. Invest in something that will last. That's not the way we've been taught. That's not how we think. Invest means here, now. But Jesus said, you know what? Watch out. Watch out. He says, you, you need to be investing in something that's a little more long-term than a CD. Right? You need to invest in something that's going to last a little bit longer than your 40 or 50 or 70 or 80 years on this life, in this planet. Spiritual investments. Where do we invest our hearts? Where do we invest our time? Where do we invest our resources? Are we, are we trying, do we have even an eye to think, well, can I put something into something that's, that's perhaps a little more important than an, an automobile? You know, I'm working, you know, extra days so that I can afford that, that payment for that automobile. Well, maybe if you, if you didn't have that automobile and you, and you could put some effort into something that lasts for eternity in some kind of ministry, some kind of service, or maybe just your own relationship with God. Jesus is saying you got to think about it here. Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. They're safe investments. There's, they're investments that are safe. You know, in the, in the investment field, it's all about, you know, risk. How much risk can you handle? And that's going to determine what kinds of investments you can you know, put your money or your, your resources into. Well, Jesus is saying that this is a risk-free investment here. There is no risk. It, it will last forever and ever and ever, eternity. That seems like a pretty good deal to me, doesn't it? Does it seem like a good deal? Invest in something that will last. That saying, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. We spin our wheels on so many, many things, but have we, have we thought about our neighbors like we heard this morning? Have we thought about how we might, you know, have some input in something that might last longer than just, you know, having a, you know, nice clothes, a nice house, nice this, nice that. Look at verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the key verse for this section. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He says that our hearts are all over the things that we value the most. That's where our hearts are at. If we're totally involved in, 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 in you know, wrapped up, you know, up in, in some kind of material thing, that's where our hearts are at. So we can, look at, we can look at our lives and we can say, you know, where do I spend all my time? Where do I spend all my uh, resources, my money, and my other things that I might have? What do I think about all the time? And, and, and these then are like an indicator of where our hearts are at. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Jesus, again, he puts the puts the finger on it and says, you know, think about this. Where is your heart? 
What, what are you all wrapped up in? Look at verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the, the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You, you say, well, that's kind of an interesting thing to throw in right here, this idea of the eyes. But, but I think it has to do, and the context here is, is you know, the eye is, is the lust of the eyes. And I want it. I see it. I want it. I see that my neighbor has, so I want. Keeping up with the Joneses. See, we all know all this stuff. I see it, I want it. Coveting. But he says that, that this kind of behavior and, and eyes that are like this, he's saying it would fill us with darkness and, and, and emptiness and, and not light. But he says when our eyes are good, we're full of light. You know, so, so how are our eyes? What are our eyes like? Finally, in verse 24... He sums it up and he says this, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't love both. You can't have your heart all wrapped up in material things, and say, oh, well, I love God, because what, what your love is is right there around that material thing, about the, the, the things of this earth. Our Bible, uh, Bible college directors used to say that, that we need to keep a light touch on the things that are earthy. A light touch on the things that are earthy. You and I, we have choices all day long. We have choices our whole lives. And we make the choice, which one are we going to serve? Bob Dylan said that song, you know, you got to serve somebody and you're going to serve somebody. So what is it? What is it? Again, having things and, and working, we all need to work. We talked about that last week. We all need to work. We need to provide. We need to do what we need to do. We need to deal with money. We need to do with all these things and... and, and, and uh, it's not wrong to be wise and prudent and plan and save. Those things are not wrong. But what Jesus is saying is, is this, is where, your, is this where your heart is? Is this what you are consumed with? You see the parable of the rich young ruler, right? He, he says, you know, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I get into heaven? And he says, you know, I do this and I do this and I do, I do all those things. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, Go and sell all you have, give to the poor, and then you'll, then you'll be okay. You're going to be all right. Is, that, is he telling everybody to do that? No. It's because that young man, that's where his heart was. His heart was consumed with his money, consumed with his things. And some of us are saying, you know, that's for the rich people. That's not for me because I don't really have a lot of money. But that's a subtle lie because we have a lot of stuff here. We have a lot of stuff. Again, you just need to go to another place that, that they barely have anything and, 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 and see. We, we, are, we have so much stuff. You know, if we don't have a Blu-ray machine, whatever a Blu-ray machine does, we think we're not quite there yet. If we don't have, you know, 500 channels coming into our house of television, we are not, we're not quite there. 
Oh, you don't have cable? Are you okay? Oh, you don't have two cars? How, how are you surviving? You don't have a car at all? You know, it, it, it's subtle, this whole relationship we have between things and money. Don't hold them tightly. Don't be miserly. Don't, you know, use things selfishly. But, but Jesus says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and the scripture, he says, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. He's saying it's to use the things that we have to, to reach out in the world. I've met some very generous people in my time, and, and you know, what a blessing they are. They, they, it's not like these things have a hold on them. They're willing, oh, you need that? Take that. Oh, you can have that? Yeah. Even though they might not have one after they give it to you. And, and what a blessing it is and, and how it, it, you know, it affects, uh, affects us. Somebody said this. Uh, I, when we moved into this building, yeah, there was a lot of books here, and I found a little commentary on the book of Matthew, just a very skinny little commentary, and I never heard of the guy before, but he, he, he's given me uh, you know, some good quotes here. And he said this, Money is a magnificent servant. It is a frightening and tyrannical master. Is money going to be our servant or, or are we going to serve it? Is it going to be our master? He said, Nothing enslaves the soul more subtly and drives God off the throne more tragically than love of this world's goods. Subtly, again, he says. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You, you, you're either going to love one, hate the other, be devoted to one, despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. It's almighty God, almighty dollar, one of the two. Can't walk on two paths, these, these double-minded ways. And again, it's not wrong to have things and to use things in this world, but are we using them in an open way or are we just kind of like storing it all up for ourselves? I want it. I need it. I'm going to keep it for me. Not having things is, that's not the problem. The problem is things having us. I read this story, and, I, and I've, I've heard about this before uh, in a different context, but there was a child who, who got very upset because he had put his hand into uh, uh, a very expensive Chinese vase, or vase, depending on how you like to pronounce the word. And, and he stuck his hand in there, and, and then he, he was freaking out because he could not get his hand out. And so the parents, and you know, they're trying to get it out tugging and, and trying to get the child's arm, but he's just screaming louder. And there was nothing they could do but what? Break this vase to get the kid's hand out of there. And once they did, they found out that his hand was grasped like this and there was like a penny in there. And he was holding onto it so tightly that he couldn't get his hand out. I've heard this in the context of, of catching monkeys. They put something in the jar and they, they put their hand in there and they, they won't let go. You know, we, we, we hold on to things like that, things of this world, things that do not and will not and cannot last. And what good is it going to do us? Cause us more harm than anything else. I want you to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we will close with this passage. 
1 Timothy chapter 6, and then we're going to have the ushers come with a basket for you to put everything in there, just to relieve your conscience this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, very familiar words. But let's start in verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That verse there sums it all up. Godliness with contentment. Content whether we have a little, whether we have a lot, but is there some godliness there that we're, we're walking with God? He says, we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich want more and more and more fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Not money itself, but the love of it. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. And jump down to verse 17. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a, as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, Paul speaking to Timothy here in, in 1 Timothy sums it all up very well, doesn't he? Watch out. Watch where our hearts are going. What is it that we're so consumed with? Are our treasures here or are treasures in heaven? Where are our hearts? What do we worship? can only serve one thing. We're not capable of multi-serving, sort of like multitasking. We think we can, but we can't. We, we, we can only serve one thing at a time. And God forbid that it would be anything but Him. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word, Your challenging words to us. We live in this very materialistic society and we're, we're, we're swallowed up by it. We don't even know how deep we are in this thing. So, Father, I pray you'd open our eyes and, and to see the things that will last, that we could uh, uh, invest in some sure, safe investments of, of things that will last for eternity in people, in people's lives, and in, in our relationship with you and, and helping others to know about you. We do pray this morning, Lord, for these folks that uh, were at David and Jippy's house, Lord, that, that heard the gospel, many probably for the first time. We pray that their hearts would, would open and, and they would be set free from the, the bondage to idolatry and set free by the, the grace of Jesus Christ and His great love. Lord, that's true riches. That's treasure. Father, I pray you'd help us to be good stewards. We need to be that with the things you've given us. Some, you know, some of us have a lot. Some of us don't have much. But help us to be good stewards with what we have and to use it wisely. And not to be uh, miserly, but to be generous and to do good with what we have. We're very wealthy in this country, Lord. We know that, Lord. May we use it, may we use it to help. 
to, be, to do good in this life, to share. Father God, help each one of us, Lord, as we go on to, to, to serve only you. May we lay aside those things that have taken our hearts in, in control. That we might serve you and only you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.